the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Your heart is all that really matters to God. God is concerned about your heart. I want you to write a couple things down. Your heart is a picture or a symbol of the real you. Your motives, your attitudes, your feelings, your emotions, it's who you really are. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God? And where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles. And let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse... Eight. We've been preaching through the Beatitudes. I cannot believe that this is number six, that we've been in this series already for six weeks, and it's going by too quickly for me. I've so enjoyed this series. This is uh, Beatitude number six, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You know, this uh, Beatitude has 11 words, and I do not believe it's possible for us to exhaust or explore these 11 words in one sermon. I think it would take us about a year to do it justice. Your heart is all that really matters to God. God is concerned about your heart. I want you to write a couple things down. Your heart is a picture or a symbol of the real you. Your motives, your attitudes, your feelings, your emotions, it's who you really are. The word heart, write this down, is mentioned in the Bible close to 800 times. I mean, that's a lot. And it's in the book of Psalms over 100 times in that one book alone. I want to look up a few. If you'd go to Psalm 13, it says, But I trust in your unfailing love, and my heart does what? It rejoices in your what? Salvation. Let me tell you this right now. Right now, right now, this very moment, your heart should not be down and discouraged by all the circumstances in your life. I've seen so many people, you're on cloud nine, the next minute you're clear down the dumps. If you know you're saved, your heart should be in constant 
position of praise and happiness and joy, just knowing that you're saved. Go to chapter 17. Go over to chapter 17. We just want to thumb through a few of these. Verse 3, though you probe. See, the Bible says that God can actually probe your heart, and he can examine your heart. He's doing it right now. Okay, he's going to do that tonight. And uh, that's especially when you prayed that prayer. Lord, speak to my heart. Oh, he's going to. But God is the one. See, I can't see your heart right now. I can see you, but I can't see your heart. But God can see, your, can see what? He can see your heart. Go to chapter 19, verse 14. It says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to who? I shouldn't really worry about what you think of what I'm pursuing. I need to be concerned that God is pleased with what my heart is chasing after. Amen? Go to chapter 28, verse 7. It says that the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him. And I am helped. My heart leaps. It leaps for joy. And I will give thanks uh, to him in song. Go to Psalm 66. We'll go two more. Psalm 66, verse 18. Oh, this is a good one. It says, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have what? Would not listen. Some of us can't figure out why God, well, how come God did not answer my prayer? you're cherishing sin, why would the Lord answer your prayer? Why would God listen to that prayer if you're cherishing sin? Go to uh, chapter 84, the last one we'll look at, Psalm 84, verse 2. It says, my soul yearns, even faints. You should have been lightheaded walking in here today. It faints for the courts of the Lord, and my heart and my flesh. I love this verse because it says that my flesh. We, we look at the flesh as being of the world, and it is to a certain degree. But he says, my heart and my flesh cry out for the things of God. You have to ask yourself, are, is your heart and your flesh crying out for the things of this world, or is it crying out for the things of God? Now, there's a comedian named Billy Crystal. How many of you know Billy Crystal? It was back in 1985, he was on, he was a regular cast member of Saturday Night Live, and he played the character of a man named Fernando Lamas. And it was in that, I can't believe it's been 1985, that he came up with this phrase, you look marvelous. And he took the word, he took the letter R out of the word. Like we would say, mar- you look marvelous. He took the R out and replaced it with the H, the letter H. You look marvelous. And the guy got rich off that one statement. He uh, actually went on tour, the marvelous tour, and did, I think, a, an album that back then. I want you to turn to whoever you're sitting next to and just tell him, you look marvelous. Tell him that. You tell him that. I don't know what you look like yesterday (laughs) but today you look marvelous 
But if we could somehow strip away the outside and the facade and the mask and the disguise, the pretext and the pretense, if we could conduct what we'll call a spiritual echocardiogram and look at your heart from the inside spiritually, what would we see? Billy Graham tells this joke, and Billy Graham doesn't tell many jokes. But he told this joke about a zookeeper who had a job opening and put it out, advertised it, and this college kid shows up. And he says, I'm here about the job. And the zookeeper says, well, this is going to be a little strange. He says, but our gorilla died last week. And it's going to take us another month or so before we get a new one. And we've got to have a gorilla here at the zoo. He goes, I've got a zoo costume. I will pay you if you'll just put that costume on and get inside that cage and act like a gorilla. Just run around. And you can actually make fun of people if you want. But get in there. And the kid said, I'll do it. So he puts the gorilla uh, uniform on and he goes in there and all day long, he, he actually acts like a fool. And he makes faces at the people and he, he throws food at the people and he, he makes uh, some crude noises and he scratches himself and jumps around. He runs over here and shakes these bars and he shakes these bars and he shakes these bars. And one day he was shaking the bars that happened to be the door between his uh, cage and the lion cage and the door flew open. And before he knew it, the lion was coming at him and he turns, he starts running and he starts screaming, leave me alone. I'm really not a gorilla. I'm just a person inside a gorilla costume. And the lion says, would you be quiet, idiot? We're both going to get fired. Is that us? Are are we one thing on the outside and another thing on the inside? I want to give you the definition of being pure of heart. This is going to be very simple but very important for you. There's a twofold element to being pure of heart. One, it means to be uncontaminated. It means to be pure means that you're free from impurities, that there's no contamination. No, what we would call dirt, no germs, no filth. Spiritually, for you as a Christian, it would mean that you are free from sin, that there is no sin, that there's no bitterness, that there's no hatred, no complaining, no lying, no stealing, no immorality, no adultery, no greed, no lust, no selfishness, no impure deeds or thoughts. To have a pure heart means your heart is uncontaminated. Number two, it means that your heart is undivided. It means that your heart is solely focused on the things of God. We are really good at compartmentalizing our hearts. We've got a whole section for our family, and then we get away from them. We're, we don't care or think about them as much. We, we, we're all focused on our job, and then we have a part of our heart that's just all finances. We might have a, a section for our hobbies. And oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, every once in a while we'll go to church. We've got a little compartment there for God. That's not what it means to be pure of heart. To be pure of heart means you're not focused on a million things. Your heart is solely focused after the things of God. You are in pursuit of holiness. You're in pursuit of a holy God. Those are two different things. Holiness has to do with what you do here. And the holy God is that you are pursuing the things of God. So spiritually speaking, pure of heart means that you're uncontaminated from this world. You're free from sin, free from the impurities. You're free from anything that would cause your heart to stray away from God. 
And it means that your heart is undivided, that your heart is not focused on the things of this world. Your heart is focused on the things of God. And it's really easy to discern if you have a pure heart. There are a couple of questions. One question is this. Is there any sin in your heart right now? Can you think of one? Can you think of something that's in there that shouldn't be in there? Now, if something came to mind, that's the Holy Spirit of God telling you, I've got to get rid of that. Because if you have that sin in your heart, you don't have a pure heart here today. The second question is this. Your heart, God, God gives you 168 hours every single week. He's such a good God. And this hour, this hour right now, your heart, I believe this, is focused on God. You're in church. You got your Bible. You're taking notes. You sang. We prayed. We're going to take the Lord's Supper a little while. You give a gift. You're here. You're this one hour. You are focused on God. The question is, where is your heart the other 167 hours of this week? And you answer those two questions and you'll know if your heart is pure. Now, the second Roman numeral in your notes is delighting in being pure of heart. There are two things that will happen to you if you're pure of heart. Number one, you'll be blessed. I want you to write that word down. You will be, some of your translations say happy which means that you will be content, you will be blessed, you will be in the center of God's will for your life. What it means, I believe, to be blessed of God is that you have God's hand of blessing upon your life. Blessed, blessed are the pure of heart. Blessed are those whose hearts are uncontaminated and blessed are those whose hearts are undivided. Because until your heart is pure, until your heart is clean, until your heart is fixed on God, you will never know true joy. You will never know true peace. You will never know true contentment or true blessing. And you know it when you go to bed at night and you lay your head down on that pillow. And we all have our favorite pillow, don't we? Because rest is hard to come by. But it happens at night when you go to bed and you lay that head down on that pillow and if your heart is right before God, oh, you can sleep like a baby. But if all day long you've been chasing the things of this world and you haven't really prayed, you haven't really studied your Bible, you yelled at your kids, maybe you were listening to the music of the world and so you just filled your mind with all that garbage Or maybe you told some dirty jokes at work or laughed at them or you dropped a few F-bombs here and there. Or maybe you were surfing the internet for porn or you drank like a sailor and watched some bad stuff on television and maybe you were chasing women all day and then you go home and you lay that head on that pillow, you will never have inner joy or peace or happiness. You see, the Bible tells us that happiness, that the blessing of God comes from from having a pure heart. The world, media, television, radio, Hollywood, the music industry, they tell us that happiness comes from pursuing money or relationships or fame or popularity. Not only will those things, 
They will never satisfy you. But you'll never have the blessing of God upon your life as long as your heart is pursuing all those things. Now here's the second thing and what this beatitude is all about. I hope you're paying attention. If your heart is pure, it's uncontaminated and undivided, you will see God. And so in order for you here today in the year 2014 to even understand what this means, you have to understand the historical background of this text because the historical background of this text is what unlocks the divine truth. You have to go back right now into Jesus' day and be a part of Jesus' audience because it was different for them than it is for us here today. And there's a couple of things Jesus' listeners were living under, write this down, a sacrificial system. You don't live underneath that system. But that's the system they lived under. You can also write right up there, right next to sacrificial, you can write the priestly system. And you can read all about this. If you, if you, where's that in the Bible? It's, it's in, you know, Genesis, and then you have the second book is Exodus and Leviticus. It's the second and third book of the Bible. You can read everything I'm getting ready to tell you here. They lived under a priestly system, a sacrificial system, where they had to make animal sacrifices in order to be pure. And they did that in the temple. And what I want to explain to you, when you came to church, you came, you, you're all here. Look at you, you're here. But that's not the way they did it. The temple was built in certain sections and tiers. And they had these courtyards. She had to go through these courtyards. And then, because you're trying to get to God, see? And God was in the Holy of Holies. You had to go through the courtyard. You got to go through this courtyard. You got to go through this inner courtyard. And then you got into the holy place. And then you got to be in the Holy of Holies. Because that's where God was. So if you wanted to see God, you had to go to the temple. The problem is, they had this thing sectioned off. The first section was what's called the courtyard for the Gentiles. Now, if you're here right now, and you're not a Jewish man, all right? You're, uh, we, have, we, have them, we have Jewish people here right now. Jewish men and Jewish women are here right now. But if you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. And so if you wanted to see God, you had to go to the temple, and you had to go to that first courtyard, which is called the courtyard for the Gentiles. Not a very creative name, but that was, the name of the, that was the name of the courtyard. And you, as a Gentile, that's as far as you could go. Because you weren't pure enough to go any further. And if you did try to sneak in, Mission Impossible, it was punishable by death. So you have to stay in your courtyard because you're Gentiles. Then, on the other side of that courtyard, they had a courtyard just for the women. But no Gentile women. They had another place for Jewish men. The men could actually go further than the women. Imagine that. That was a system. But even a Jewish man could only go so far. Then they had the priest, the men of the cloth. They could go past the court of the Gentiles. They could go past the court for the women. They could go past the court for the Jewish men, 
And the priest actually got to go into the holy place. The inner courtyard was for them. But God was in the Holy of Holies. And there was only one man who could go into the Holy of Holies. And he was called the high priest. Who's that? Of all the priests, there was one guy that picked him up and put him in charge of all the other priests. He was called the high priest. And the only person that could go inside the Holy of Holies and see God was a man called the high priest. And he could only go in there once a year. What we know is the Day of Atonement or what we call today Yom Kippur. And I want you to think about that. In all of Israel, only one person, the high priest, could go inside the Holy of Holies and see God. And he could only do it once a year. And no one else in all of Israel could ever see God. And Jesus comes along in Matthew 5 and says, Anybody can see God. And they were thinking, what did he say? And they said that, yes, he said anybody can see God. How? You have to have a pure heart. But here's the second issue, okay? Not only did they have that priestly system of sacrifices, they were living under the Old Testament laws. There were 613 of them. I'm going to give you two more words that you can Google later. The Mishnah and the Talmud, which were thousands and thousands and thousands of rules and regulations, the oral tradition that had been handed down, and some had been written down, and the Mishnah and the Talmud were literally thousands of rules and regulations that they used in order to help you keep the 613 laws. They had law after law after law after law after law. They had thousands of them. They even had laws on how to wash your hands properly. Remember, Jesus got in trouble because his disciples were eating without washing their hands properly. Remember that? It's in the Bible. It had all these laws. And Jesus comes along. I hope you're getting this. I hope you're getting this. Is seeing God, he says, is possible in this life. And in the life to come, not by obeying rules, not by obeying regulations, not by washing one's hands correctly, not by following the traditions of men, not by following the traditions of the priest, not by the following the, the laws of the Mishnah or the Talmud, not by obeying the Sabbath, not by making thousands and thousands and thousands of sacrifices, but seeing God, listen, seeing God is possible. There's only one rule. You've got to have a pure heart. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. 
That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.